Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo right there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and a welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa great to be back once again uh talking about an episode of lizzie mcguire that seemed like a direct attack on your younger self correct <laughs> and probably most little girls out there this episode of lizzie mcguire seems like uh basically the writers of lizzie mcguire telling young girls stop everything that you're doing right now it's creepy <laughs> you do not want to be just like lizzie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um so i mean i guess my first question has got to be did that really resonate with you or did it kind of just go right over your head Oh, it absolutely went right over my head as a child. I thought that Andy was a stalker, and I did not see myself in her at all. Really? You saw no, you saw <laughs> nothing in common between yourself and Andy? No, I was not dressing like Lizzie McGuire. I was not doing my hair <laughs> like Lizzie McGuire. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. You know, they say not to alienate your fans, but it's better to have a strong opinion or to garner a strong opinion than to garner indifference, as the great Nora Salman once said. Yeah, it's so funny that you point that out because I I'm so serious when I say that that did not click with me at all. At uh, all. Does it Does it click more now? It does. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Maybe it's because this was supposed to be the first episode of season two and they weren't expecting season one to be like that big a deal. And then season one happened and they were like, Oh my God, we've created a monster. <laughs> yeah, this week we went all the way back to the beginning of seventh grade. You know, last week was the spring fling dance. So we really just traveled back in time to the early days of them just being so excited to be in eighth grade. They were not sevies anymore. Yeah, I would love to get your friend and mine, Ivan. I mean, Ivan Vukovic is obviously, he's coming on the podcast next week uh, to talk a little bit about the Frankie Muniz episode, but I know that a big passion of his recently has been the German series Dark, which you can watch on Netflix, which is apparently a time travel show, so I'd be very curious to get his time travel thoughts on Lizzie McGuire. Well, we'll have the opportunity to ask him next week. Yes. Um... In other news, before we dive too deep into the episode, Marissa, you once again gave me a haircut. I did. And it was not as successful this time. It did not go as well. You So this time, the barber shop was open for a while because you gave your dad a haircut first, and you went very slowly, very patiently, very methodically, and then I went second, and you were like, I got this. <laughs> I was too confident. <laughs> I was really worried about messing up my dad's hair, and then I was like, I've done Sam's hair before. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I was a little overconfident. Also, the problem was Sam figured that he would just shower, you know, after the haircut because hair gets everywhere. So I wasn't really working with 
the same template and I couldn't really get a sense of what it was going to look like when it was finished. And he was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll just wash it. It'll be great. I want to say that we're making this sound worse than it was. It's really not that bad. It's just not as like I was very impressed with my first attempt and I took a step backwards, but it's hair. It will grow. It'll be fine. I mean, will it? I've, I feel like I've come to peace with it faster than you have. <laughs> you okay. still feel not okay. quite at peace with it. Because there are still some pieces that are too long on the top that I couldn't get a sense of because of the dirty hair greasy situation. Um, and you won't let me fix it. Just let me fix it. Anyways, Marissa, we haven't talked about this yet, but last night we watched One Night in Miami on Amazon Prime, Regina King's directorial debut. Her feature directorial debut. Yes, apologies. Yes, uh, her, her feature directorial her feature debut. Film. Uh, what did you think about One Night in Miami? I loved it. I'm very interested because I think we have very different feelings on these types of movies. Like, I know you're a very big, like, plot person and there really wasn't much of a plot happening but I don't want to put words in your mouth what did you think I mean that was exactly my thoughts on it (laughs) It I just thought it was so slow nothing happened there was no character I mean maybe there was character growth um I guess the character who who's exhibiting the most growth is Sam Cooke because this whole movie seems to be about uh Malcolm X trying to convince Sam Cooke to join the cause um through his music and um, yeah, I don't know. It was just so slow for me. I didn't feel like it was drastically different than these types of movies that I've seen before. So to me, it was like, okay, I don't need to watch it again. See, I loved it. I thought that there was so much good content to unpack. I thought, and I, I didn't realize until the credits rolled that it's a play and the whole time it just made me think like if this isn't a play it should be it felt like watching theater it felt very suited for the stage so that that checked out (laughs) at the end I thought that the performances were all super riveting I have a lot of feelings in terms of just like Malcolm X and the way that we weren't taught about him in school or he was always taught in opposition to Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, I thought it was great. I thought the conversations on um colorism were You're, you're not Yeah, but you're not describing a movie. You're describing a podcast. Like <laughs> But I was okay I just, with that. Yeah, I just yeah, I was it was absolutely fine. okay with that and I thought that um the aesthetic, like the way it looked, the cinematography, the set, the co- like I thought it was also beautifully rendered. I think I like whispered to you during the movie, do you think Malcolm X is a type one, like Enneagram? Because I really like connected with him. Yeah, that's definitely the way that he was portrayed in the movie. It's interesting because the whole idea is that this was all based on true events, but nobody really knows what happened that night, you know? So it's like based on true events, like the, the that evening happened that, But this is all just kind of like, it's still a little fiction. This is obviously a moment inspired, or a movie inspired by uh, a moment that actually happened. Was this actually an important moment? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's like when you think about the timeline of it, though, it's like really tragic, right? Because like Sam Cooke is dead by the end of the year because this was set in, what, July of 1964. 
Sam Cooke is dead by the end of the year. Malcolm X is assassinated February of 65. This was in the final months of both of their lives. Wait, hold on. One Night in Miami happened Wasn't February it? 25th, 1964. Was and it? A Change is Gonna Come was released in mid-February 1964. I don't know. They're, they're also, yeah, they're messing with the timeline to try and get a point across. Malcolm X's whole gripe with Sam Cooke is that you've done nothing your music is not additive to the cause, but tech. And then the the idea is that at the end, he's made this song that kind of fulfills everything that Malcolm X asked for. But if he had released that song before this meeting ever happened, it's kind of like, eh, that's a nice message. Is it accurate? Nah, not really. Yeah, it says he performed the song on February seventh, nineteen sixty four, on the Tonight Show. Which was the end of the movie. Which was before. Which was before. One, <laughs> the one night. night. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? I don't know what to say. It's a play. I'm sure that was not part of the play. Also, no. the Tonight Show performance. No, probably wasn't. I think they really just wanted Leslie Odom Jr. to sing. Well, I'm sure they wanted him to sing and they wanted to, you know, try and make that the, the focal point of the movie. Right, because if the whole idea, you're right, if if we are trying to drill into something, the most plot-like elements of this movie, it is Sam Cooke's arc. I hear you. I still loved the movie. I mean, I've heard that it's already sort of getting the awards buzz. Um, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a lot of competition last there year. There wasn't. <laughs> Thank you, coronavirus. But yeah. I think that it deserves all the nominations it will likely get. Well, noted. You 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 all can uh, watch the movie on Amazon Prime and analyze for yourselves. In the meantime, though, we have to get back into the world of Lizzie McGuire. I know. There's not really a natural way to segue this. Today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 14, Just Like Lizzie. When Lizzie acts as a mentor to a group of younger girls, they start to copy everything she does and wears. I don't like this description because it's only one girl. So I don't know why it said that. I'm going to make my own description right now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is a historic moment. You're finally deviating from the, uh, the episode description that pops up on Google and just going rogue. Well, it's wrong. <laughs> Okay, so what is the episode description for Just Like Lizzie? I'm just making this singular and not plural. I'm not doing anything chaotic. Oh. Um, when Lizzie acts as a mentor to a younger girl, she starts to copy everything she does and wears. This episode aired on August 9th, 2002. Yeah, this was another episode that I feel just takes place in the alternate universe. If there was ever more of an example of the fact that Miranda does not exist, it was probably this episode <laughs> because here she is like just begging this girl to be uh, her mentee and this girl just completely ignores her. <laughs> I don't know that they ever actually interact. And Miranda is objectively cooler than Lizzie. <laughs> and Kate at the end. Like after... This girl, Andy, who we don't even learn her name until probably like halfway through the episode, decides she's going to kick Lizzie to the curb. Miranda's immediately like, hey, I'm here. And the girl is just like, no. <laughs> Run straight to Kate. I know. But yeah, we've hyped up this episode a lot in the past 
few weeks. Hyped up isn't really the right word, but it's come up because of all of the production order conversation. So this episode was supposed to be the season two premiere, and we're getting it at the midpoint of the season. Yeah, and uh, I feel like if we had gotten this at the beginning, it would have made so much more sense. For example, we get this whole sort of um, introduction to a more confident Lizzie, a Lizzie who can more eloquently interact with the people around her. And that's been something that obviously we've seen, but we were like, where did this come from? Yeah, Lizzie is older. She's wiser. She's more confident. She's, uh, she's an eighth grader now. And this was a, a reminder to me that they're in junior high school and not middle school. Because when I was in seventh grade, like by the time you and I were in seventh grade, we had been in our middle school for three years. So, you know, we weren't necessarily shy or timid. Uh, by that time, you are essentially one of the older people in the school. Uh, but for a junior high where there's only seventh and eighth grade, I suppose you would be the new people in the school. But they also, I feel like, misrepresent middle school a little bit. Like, I mean, Maybe Andy is just the new girl, like maybe she just moved to town, but if she hadn't just moved to town, you'd think she'd know somebody, like some people, like you still go to the next school you go to with like a group of friends who you knew in your elementary school. Yeah, exactly. Like this episode made it seem like Andy had never interacted with another human ever. (laughs) She was literally an alien. She's like, how do I be human? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's like this like awkward wave that happens. That wave was so creepy. And I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that it was a creepy wave because so Lizzie says this year is about giving back. Uh, I met this girl. She's a Sevy and she reminds me of me when I was her age. And then we see them make eye contact and then there's like a creepy wave. I don't know. This, sure. Sure, you're going to mentor this, this girl. This could have been a horror movie, honestly. Like everything about this movie could have been a horror or about this episode could have been a horror movie. Yeah, it was pretty scary. I want to know what you think about the term Sevi. It's uh, it's this is the first time that I've heard the uh, term Sevi. And um, I guess that makes them 80s. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow, that word was almost triggering. It brought me right back. And I have never heard that word before Lizzie McGuire. And I had never heard it again since. Yeah. But not a uh, thing. Maybe a horror movie is not the right comparison. Maybe like a Twilight Zone episode. Like this felt very Twilight Zone to me. Um, I was just waiting yeah. for like Rod Sterling to walk in and be like, have you ever been to a middle school and then had someone take your personality? Well, this is it in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's a better description. I would also agree. I think it's funny that Lizzie's whole thing is like, if I had someone a year ago to help me, I could have avoided some serious fashion don'ts. And then we get flashes in these like chaotic outfits that we have never seen her in before. I mean, there were definitely a few fashion don'ts though. So even though we, even though they showed us completely new fashion don'ts, we got some fashion don'ts. And but it was like <laughs> it was like as if we hadn't been watching Lizzie McGuire for a year, and like it, it was so far from. Lizzie's day-to-day style that we see it just felt so out of place to me I agree um and you know how we know that she's uh just like Lizzie she tripped and fell over nothing just like Lizzie yeah cut to theme song so then we're back we're still in school it's a little later that day 
Lizzie is once again struggling to open her locker and just falls backward from the force of when it finally opens. And this just kills me every time because this is not a thing that happens. Like, imagine, like, the force of the locker just being so profound that you just fall on the floor. I I guess it's kind of like when you can't open, uh, like, a bag of something and then you just... You just open it so hard that it just goes everywhere. I guess it's similar similar physics to that. It's really, it's really unrealistic. But like Lizzie McGuire being realistic, I don't know it. Yeah. Um, but luckily Andy's there. She's here to help her uh, to her feet. And she lets Lizzie know that, hey, she took her advice. She tied her PE shirt like every, uh, like Lizzie suggested and everyone followed suit. Wow, Lizzie's just such a good role model. Yeah. That's what being a role model is. And then Kate comes down, um, being her, you know, classic bullying self. And uh, Andy has heard that Kate's very mean. Yeah. I'm assuming from Lizzie. From, like, like, <laughs> where would you just hear that if not from Lizzie? True. And then she's like, well, I, I mean, unless you're friends with her. And then Lizzie says that her and Kate have, quote, an interesting relationship. Mm. Would love to unpack that. Interesting. You're so smart to figure that out, Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) Cue Ethan Craft music. Yeah, Ethan Craft, not one but two slow motion catwalks in this episode. And um, his hair is, you know, this is like season two, episode one hair. It's like, you know, uh, it's a bit shorter than we've seen in the episodes prior to this. Yeah, I mean, it was... A new school year, back to school haircut, fresh look. Highlights. Highlights. <laughs> yeah, we saw uh, the most non-hair flip hair flip I think I've ever seen in my life. That comes later. That's later. That's a little bit later. That's oh, not this moment. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but Ethan strolls in. He tells Lizzie that she's looking great this year. And she's like, back at you. And Andy is just like, oh my God, you talk to him? You know him? Yeah, and what what a love triangle in this episode between uh, Andy, Ethan, and Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lizzie's like, hello. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot to say about Gordo, but we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> there's a lot going on with Gordo's Gordo's, hormones in this episode. I mean, Gordo just got bar mitzvahed. He has <laughs> learned about himself. He's learned about God. He's learned about all these things. He's he's uh he's a man now. Yes, he is. But yeah, Andy can't believe. Oh, also, like, let's just be clear. At this point, we don't even know her name is Andy yet. Um, so I'm just like in my notes referring to her as the Sevi. So she also has a crush on Ethan Craft, of course. And she just she wants to be like Lizzie. Lizzie is just so together. She says, you're more than my friend. You're my role model. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, but Lizzie loves this and she loves this girl, unnamed girl, unnamed girl. Yeah. It's really like really creepy energy happening. Yes. Um, yeah. The more I unpack it, the more I'm like, wow, Andy really is all of us. I was Andy. Andy was me. Yeah. And (laughs) it's, you just couldn't recognize that moment. I did not need to be called out like that, Sam. Yeah. But anyways, we cut back to the house and. Sam and Joe return home from, it seems like, a trip to the store to find Matt lying on the kitchen island. And when they ask what's wrong, Matt gives us his best Charlie Brown. I'm depressed. 
Yeah, Matt has some major wilderness cadet problems. This was the uh, inspiration for the movie Up, if you weren't uh, privy <laughs> to that knowledge. Oh my god. After yeah, after he gets his uh after he gets his first aid badge, he's gonna go help an elderly person. Plot twist, it will be Mrs. Carabino. Wow. <laughs> I love that concept. But yes, Matt's big, you know, plot thrust in this episode is a plot thrust? I've never heard that before. <laughs> what is that? Can you please elaborate on what a plot thrust is? Well, okay, so Here's the thing that I was thinking about with Matt's arc is that very rarely do we see stakes clearly defined in an episode of Lizzie McGuire, but there were clear stakes in this episode. Like if Matt doesn't earn a patch of his own by this weekend, he's going to be demoted to a bunny cadet. So you have described the plot thrust, but you have not defined the (laughs) plot thrust. What is a plot thrust? (laughs) It's like he has a problem, and it's... <laughs> what? <laughs> what's, what's happening? I'm sorry. This. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. I don't even know. I'm so immature. Right, here's what I think you're going to say, and then you can just let me know since you can't seem to get it out yourself. It's like he has a problem, and he needs to thrust it out. Is that... <laughs> Pretty much the, that this problem is thrusting the plot forward. I think defining a plot thrust is very pivotal to understanding the B story. The point being that it just really struck me that there was a story arc with stakes. Because the show as a whole is extremely low stakes. So that yeah. stood out to me. Wilderness Cadets, obviously a proxy for Boy Scouts, which reminds me my Girl Scout cookies should be here any day now. Oh my goodness. I bought 10 boxes. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Um, don't judge me. Were you a Boy Scout, Sam? No. I was a Girl Scout. Well, I was a Brownie. You were effectively a Bunny Scout. I was a a Bunny bunny Cadet. I was a Bunny Cadet. But I did important stuff, you know? I didn't... You know what they do in Bunny Cadets? They nap. They finger paint. They make ceramic hands. Just arts and crafts. We did do a lot of arts and crafts in Brownies. Did you also nap? No. Well... Boy, or Boy Scouts was never uh, very interesting to me. You know, nature is just not my thing. Yeah, I asked you that question, but I n- knew that you would never be a Boy Scout. But I will say, I know what Poison Ivy looks like. <laughs> Sam McGuire does not. <laughs> yeah, like if you ask me to point out Poison Ivy, I can point out Poison Ivy. So even though uh, I've never been to Wilderness Cadets, uh, I clearly know more than Sam McGuire. <laughs> Correct. So, yes, he needs to earn a patch of his own by the weekend or he's quitting because he will not be a bunny cadet. And Sam and Joe are going to help Matt get his patch, whatever it takes. Yeah. Okay. So here's something that was just blatantly not true. Matt says that he's going to quit if he gets demoted. And Sam says, no, you're not a quitter. Blatantly not true. Like (laughs) Both of his children are quitters. And we have multiple instances to back that up. Yes, like when he started a band. Like when Lizzie wanted to uh, quit modeling and rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, Sam McGuire raised two quitters. <laughs> you have you have dose quitters. Um, Lizzie comes in and she's like, I'm sure you could get a patch in ugly. Mean. I know, and Matt agrees, and that's how we know that he really is depressed. 
So Matt has to earn a patch of his own, but Sam and Joe are like, we'll help you. How does that compute? <laughs> That's like, I have to do this project and your parents just do it for you. <laughs> Is it really a patch of your own? That's raising millennials in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, if Sam and Joe are, are here doing it for you, is it really a patch of your own? Like, my parents never did my homework, but I know stories. I have tales. We also skimmed over this, but apparently they have geology class in eighth grade. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, who goes to a special class for geology in eighth grade? Gordo. <laughs> I, I have so much geology homework. <laughs> <laughs> so specific. Then we are back at school, and so this is where the slow evolution of Sevi to Lizzie begins. We finally learn her name here, and her name is Andy, as we have mentioned, but just feels notable that, like, the first scene she's in, she doesn't even get a name. I actually had a thought in my brain of, like, do we just not learn her name? Because I couldn't recall it, but I thought that would have been hilarious. If she just did not have a name the entire episode. Yeah, that would have been funny. Also creepy, but a little bit funny. So yeah, so Miranda greets who she thinks is Lizzie, but it's Andy. I don't know how she thinks that it's Lizzie because did Lizzie dye her hair brown? I mean, I guess she's at Lizzie's locker. So yeah. that would be the only thing. Um, and she's there. She's somehow gotten Lizzie's locker combination. And, and her class schedule. And her class schedule. And yeah, she's arranging Lizzie's books in class order. This is creepy, right? Not to Miranda. Miranda is like, oh my God, I want one. Yeah, she wants to be a role model. Yes. Lizzie doesn't really think it's creepy at this point either. Yeah. And Gordo is initially being his Gordo self and saying, you know, Andy shouldn't copy other people. She should forge her own path. But then Andy has this like incredible callback to Gordo's student film from the student film festival last season, calling it one of her all-time favorite films. And Gordo is is in on Andy. That's all it took. I mean, when we think back to that student film and how creepy that was. Checks out. It makes sense that that is her favorite film. You're right. <laughs> because it's so voyeuristic. It's like Gordo in locker rooms looking at people through windows. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so creepy. Masking their voices and faces. Yeah, no, this is right up Andy's alley. Yeah. My favorite line from the scene is when Andy says, as Lizzie once told me, tardiness is laziness. And I'm like, what? This is what really turned Gordo on. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda now wants to be somebody's role model. Gordo thinks she's amazing, and Lizzie just loves being right. My question, I guess for this plan is ultimately so where does Andy like how does this play out like I I feel like we were cut off right before it was about to get really good so Andy becomes Andy uh imitates Lizzie so much that she becomes Lizzie but it's like then what does she murder her like I just feel like she just take her life <laughs> yeah does Joe did Joe and Sam end up adopting her this is how it can get really horror movie really quickly, right? Like, where, yeah, there was so where much, does it end? There was so much unexplored that we just kind of cut off. But uh, I feel like the interesting stuff was what, what would come after this episode. Yeah, it really feels like a villain origin story and a missed opportunity because we never see Andy again. We never see her again? No. Is she like a, is she somebody who's been in other things? I don't know. Oh, wow. So Andy's name is Amy Castle. 
Uh, if you look on the IMDb page, very creepy picture of both of them in a tiger shirt. <laughs> that they wear in the episode. Carol Baskin before Carol Baskin. Yeah, that's um, an outfit. It is an outfit. That is true. And uh, Amy Castle, award-winning actress, director, host, and fitness motivator. She was a young Allie McBeal. I don't know if you were an Allie McBeal person. I was not. No? You never Allie McBealed? I think that was a little bit before my time. She was in, it looks like, two episodes of General Hospital. She's in 40 episodes of Passions. What is Passions? A soap opera. I mean, that's a you and Jermaine territory. She was in an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. She made the uh, <laughs> she So she made has the worked Disney with Channel both. Rounds. Malcolm in the Middle was not Disney Channel. No? No, Malcolm in the Middle was ABC Family. Oh, my bad. Apparently, she recorded a song on her parents' children's album called Balloons when she was three years old. This is a rabbit hole that I was not prepared to dive down. The filmography of Amy Castle was not something that you expected to explore today? was not on my to-do list. Yeah, well, you know, she's won one award, and that award was Best Guest Starring, uh, sorry, Best Performance in a TV <laughs> Comedy Series for Guest Starring as Andy and Lizzie McGuire. She won a Young Artist Award for this portrayal. Wow. So congratulations, Amy Castle. Award-winning performance as Andy. Your career... Did not really take off, but you know what? It's not too late. You are only 31 years old, so it can still happen for you. I guess you're 30 years old at this point. Back to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and back to Matt and his wilderness cadet problems. So his first plan to earn his own patch is that he is going to identify leaves. And... This really just escalates so quickly because Sam McGuire is holding a leaf, a leaf, is holding a leaf for Matt to identify and he just starts like rubbing himself with it. Like I'm really confused by what he is doing with that leaf, but essentially it's poison ivy. Sam McGuire now has poison ivy. His reaction to it is so fast. It's really intense. It's, very, it's pretty severe. Yeah. Um, and it's a whole thing. He's standing. He's scratching himself. Um, he then falls backward over a garden gnome. Shout out to the garden gnome. Shout out to Travelocity. Falls back. Twists his ankle. It's a whole thing. He needs ice and calamine lotion and a crutch. Matt is like, is an ambulance necessary? To which Sam replies, not this time, and that did make me chuckle. Sam hurting himself. Uh, nothing new. Nothing new. Uh, recurring motif. Yeah, so then we cut to the weird cafe, and uh, Lizzie walks in, and people are calling her Andy. So that's it. It worked. <laughs> They've switched places. they switched places. <laughs> yeah, and this is where the real, like, Twilight zoniness of the episode starts to come through. Because Andy is now blonde and is wearing the same exact outfit as Lizzie. Now, I need to know the logistics of this. How did this happen? Uh, I mean, this is where it's a little bit impressive, actually. Like, how do you... I guess it could be impressive or creepy. Either you you prescribe to the idea that she is just so in tune with her mental processing that you know what she's going to pick in her wardrobe, or you've set up a camera in her room and... Uh, that's how you know. I think it has to be creepy. Well, regardless, um, she's done it. 
she's wearing the same outfit, but at the same time, she's gone and bought Lizzie a smoothie and uh, made flashcards for her. So it's, it's her favorite smoothie, and she knows that Lizzie has an English test. So at this point, it's not like she's being like vindictive creepy. She's being creepy, but also nice, which is a very conflicting uh, set of ideals. At this point, Lizzie is feeling like, okay, this is a little weird, but also maybe a little endearing. Like she's kind of on the fence, right? Um, It's starting to take the turn. I mean, it's being more weird. It starts, so she's fully weirded out by the end of this scene. Yes. But I think it's more because it means that she's lost her friends. (laughs) This is probably Lizzie's thoughts uh, at the end of this scene. You two haven't done anything to help. (laughs) It's true. Miranda and Gordo, if anything, are enabling this behavior. Lizzie's like, don't you see her dressing up like me? And then Gordo's like, yeah, isn't that great? (laughs) This is where Gordo remarks that if Andy wasn't a Sevy, he would ask her out. To which I reply, you could. It Does it matter? <laughs> 80s can't ask out Sevies, Sam. That's like a one-year difference, and Gordo's like the shortest 80s, so, <laughs> you know, you, you could, Gordo. Like, that's only a one-year difference. That's nothing. Yeah, to which Lizzie replies, well, then you may as well ask me out. And Gordo's like, ew, why would I do that? Yeah. And Miranda follows Andy to the mall because she wants to find a Sevy. Gordo too. Gordo goes to the mall as well. Gordo goes as well. And yes, Lizzie is he's looking to catch an Andy. Yes. And Lizzie is creeped out. It's uh it is definitely creepy. And then this segues into a dream. We get back to back dream sequences, I realized. Back to back dream sequences? Yeah, there was a dream in the last episode too. Oh, I thought you were talking about the fact that in this episode, we got a dream within a dream. That's also true. Yeah. Basically, Andy is taking over Lizzie's life. In this dream, Miranda and Gordo don't need Lizzie anymore because they have Andy now. Ethan Kraft is dating Andy now. Andy is eating dinner with Lizzie's family. And to which I say, that is the horror story twist that this episode deserved. You um, you, you totally glossed over the Ethan hair flip. <laughs> how could I forget? this is where it was. Would you like to? Yeah, no, I love it. Ethan's Ethan's coming around the corner in slow motion, and he tries to do a hair flip, but his hair is stationary. <laughs> like it was no flip. It doesn't flip at all. Love it. The most non-flip flip I've ever seen. Yeah. It was quite frankly iconic. And then yeah, there's this like Andy being like, "You're my role model, role model, role model," and then Lizzie just wants her life back. She screams and wakes up. But then she looks at herself in the mirror and it's Andy and she screams again and then wakes up for real. And this is where I'm going to go on a tangent for a little bit because people will call this Inception. This is not Inception. (laughs) If you call this Inception, clearly you did not see the movie. Inception is the concept of planting an idea into another person's head. The methodology by which they do that is the dream within a dream, which we got here. It is not Inception. Inception would be if Andy got into Lizzie's head and convince Lizzie that she needs to leave her family so that Andy can then take over Lizzie's life. That would be Inception, and that would be a great twist. I have no Inception feelings, but I hear you. (laughs) Sorry that I have nothing to add. And we're back to Matt. And Sam, this is a very strange scene. Yeah, I Uh, feel like I I missed something in this scene because I don't understand how... I'm like, wait, did Sam McGuire just light himself on fire? (laughs) 
I think there was some like self-immolation going on here. I was very confused. And I don't understand how because it looked like just a pile of leaves. Like, did he pour gasoline on that? Why did it why did it blow up in his face? I know. I was like, dang, Sam McGuire should be on Survivor. Those are some crazy fire making skills. And what is Matt doing in the background? He's like hitting a can of soup with a rock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is like why did we get this moment? I just, this yeah. is called survival cooking. Did this was this a plot thrust? No, it was a tangent. <laughs> oh, okay. Unnecessary. We can kind of skate by it a little bit. And let's go back to school where Lizzie is full like, wait a second. I'm not Andy's role model. She's imitating me. And she's really over it. Yeah. Um, Gordo's not, though. But if there were two of you, words just, just couldn't describe it. <laughs> Gordo has feelings that he doesn't know how to express. <laughs> and they come out so awkwardly. Do you think this Andy and Andy Mack are the same person? No. <laughs> not at all. I am a big Andy Mack fan. I'm not a big Sevy Andy fan. You don't think there's any part of Sevy Andy that made its way into Andy Mack? No. First and foremost, Sevy Andy is not a biracial Asian girl. Unless she eventually meets a biracial Asian girl later on and is like, you're my role model. <laughs> Just assumes assumes the life of Andy Mack. Yeah, starts to have some Julie Chen surgeries. Oh, man. We don't need to bring Julie Chen Moonves into this podcast. Reel it in. Like, Reel Andy, it in. Andy, your face is totally different. That's crazy. What happened to you? <laughs> Reel it in. So Lizzie is over this, but she still feels extremely, you know, self-righteous and wants to set a good example because she's such a good person. So she's going to let Andy down easily. And yeah. Gordo and Miranda are like, why? And Miranda comments that, look at Andy's outfit. She has such style. And Lizzie's like, excuse me? Like, I feel like, Miranda and Gordo are so out of character in this episode. That's crazy. That's never happened before. I know. It's fr it freaks me out. I'm like, Miranda, look at your friend. Look at what's happening to her. I hate, I hate my friends. friends. So then Andy comes over, and she has fully changed her schedule to match Lizzie's, and I have a lot of questions about this because they are in different grades. Like, what does that mean? Or are they? <laughs> <laughs> Are we assuming that the different, like there's like an English wing and a math wing and she's always in the same part of the school as Lizzie at the same time? What does this mean? Ooh, <laughs> you had that the whole time? I forgot I had it, but I do have it. Yeah, just a little twist on the Twilight Zone right there. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, so Lizzie, in Lizzie McGuire fashion, tries to approach Andy in a let her down easy, non-confrontational way because, again, Lizzie has not really grown that much because confrontation, what is that? She doesn't know it. She doesn't like it. I relate to that. Lizzie says that she wants to create some space between herself and Andy and maybe Andy needs to focus a little more on herself and a little less on Lizzie. This is where we get what Lizzie's actually thinking, which, did you clip that? Are you asking for this clip? Get lost? Get your own life? Get real and deal. Yeah, listen to those bars that Lizzie McGuire has. And deal. <laughs> yeah, love a good rhyme right there. Uh, yeah, so Andy's like, I know what this is about. This is about Ethan Kraft, obviously. It always is. 
And okay, I have a lot of thoughts about this particular interaction because first of all, she is just kind of emulating anybody that she talks to ever because she does the whole Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. That's right out of Ethan Kraft's playbook. It is. Yeah, that's a classic Ethan line. And then she says to Lizzie, oh, no question. You were here first. You knew him first. You had him first. Like Ethan Kraft is a person. He is himbo glory. He is not your property. He is not like, oh, yeah, you can have him. No. Ethan Kraft deserves better than that. Yeah. And then from there, we just, it just continues to devolve because now we're back at the McGuire house and Andy is full out in Lizzie's house talking to Joe McGuire. Yeah, it's great because uh, Miranda and Andy are are here and they're supposed to be trading some CDs. Thanks a lot, Miranda. What do you think they're listening to? I mean, I have one idea, but uh, you won't like it. You always have that so ready to go. (laughs) Uh, Either that or reflection. But okay, a lot of things go down in this scene. Andy is there to get a recipe for oven fried chicken, which is Andy's favorite. How funny. It's also Lizzie's favorite. And Gordo loves a girl who cooks. (laughs) that's the character on Mulan with whom he resonates most (laughs) oh my god and then Matt walks by and Andy starts insulting Matt should we just play this clip uh sure we can play let's play this clip because there's a lot to talk about and I don't want to recap it I want you to hear it in all of its chaotic glory freak tweeb Matt rat sister's friend she's not my friend lizzie hey lizzie i came by just to make sure we were okay things felt a little tense between us at school today tense tense oh, you what are you doing here uh, don't answer that okay just leave me alone stop dressing like me stop doing your hair like me and stop talking like me but i want to be like you you're my role model no i'm not yes you are Look, you don't want to be like me, trust me. She's right, you know. I-, I oversleep, I get stains on my clothes, I trip in the cafeteria, I lose my keys, my room is a mess. And I try really, really hard to make my life look easy. Okay, maybe she went a little too far, but you have to admit, your locker looks awesome. <sighs> okay, let's focus on the little too far part. Do you get it now? Not really. Sorry I bothered you. What was that about? Andy was taking over my life, Mom. She left me no choice. <laughs> she left me no choice. Yeah, this was not great acting from Matt McGuire. I don't know what direction they gave Jake Thomas here, but... <laughs> Just yell. It looks like he's about to turn into a werewolf. Like... <laughs> Like he's about to undergo some sort of transformation. And, you know, maybe that's just the horror sort of twist that that this episode needed. This episode needed something, a little something more. He's like convulsing on the floor. Like, what is happening to you? Yeah. So there are a few points I wanted to make about this scene in particular. First of all, when Matt enters the picture 
and Matt and Andy start insulting each other, Joe's reaction is to yell at Matt and not this like random girl for yelling at her child. Yeah, very strange. Also, uh, did Gordo and Andy walk home together? Like, why, why yeah, is why Gordo are they here? together? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, very, very suspicious, very sus, as they say. Yes, the second point I want to make is Lizzie rattling off all of the things that like make her life so hard. And she's like, I try really hard to make my life look easy. Let me list every single first world non problem I can think of. I'm always losing my keys. I trip in the cafeteria. I yeah. get stains on my clothes. <laughs> you don't want to be like me. Yeah, and you know, this is it. We are through. As, yeah. as you like to say. Yeah. Andy left Lizzie no choice. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to cut to upstairs. Matt has overcome uh, the shocking moment of learning that there are two Lizzies instead of one. And uh, he's made a decision that he is going to officially quit Wilderness Cadets. Meanwhile, Sam uh, and Joe walk in. Sam's in pretty rough shape. Um, and Matt starts taking care of him. And what do you know? Look at this. Matt, you have earned your first aid badge. Congratulations. Yes. And if that wasn't a tender note to end on, because the plot thrust was fulfilled, he got his patch. He gets to still be a wilderness cadet. We just have to hurt Sam McGuire just a little more. Just a little more. Yeah. I'd love to ask Gordo about this because this was not how physics works and maybe he did some homework on this, but somehow Sam is in like a desk chair, which which manages to perfectly roll down the stairs and then he falls on his face. That's not how it would probably go. You would probably uh, fall out of the chair after one step, but you know, we can, we can debate that. I don't think it works. Make it make sense. I can't. It's chaotic. Yeah, but uh, we're almost done. We, we gotta are. Gotta get back to school. Gotta get back to school. I don't even know what that means. Gotta get, <laughs> get back to school. And what do you know? Andy is now, she's over Lizzie, and she is the new Kate. Terrifying. It's very scary. And this also means that she no longer likes Gordo. Correct. Although, is Gordo over her? I don't think she ever liked Gordo. I don't think, I mean, maybe not, but Gordo definitely liked her. Yes. <laughs> And Kate would just like it to be known that she is a much better role model than Lizzie. Little Lizzie. So economical. Yeah. But Mar don't worry. Miranda's here just to prop up Lizzie's ego, as always. Yeah. It ends on like a super like after school special note. Hey, kids, listen up. Always be yourself. Don't try to be other people. And I like that Lizzie's takeaway was like, Andy should want to copy someone for the important stuff. Like, be a good person. I didn't even catch her saying that. That's such a stupid thing to say. <laughs> what? Like, no, she should not want to copy anyone. Oh, my God. But, yeah. You I never realize who you are if you're trying to be someone else. Yeah. Someone should tell Lizzie that every time she tries to pull off a Britney Spears. It's true. Like, what? Oh, my God. This, yeah. Again, this is clearly aimed at all of the crazy young children who were like, Look at me. I'm Lizzie McGuire. And it's like, no, you are your own person. This is a television character. Stop it. No, but like I was Lizzie McGuire. So <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. That's season two, episode 14. Just like Lizzie. Yeah. We did it. 
we did it. So we agree that this definitely should have been the premiere, right? This should have been the premiere. Maybe what they were trying to do is get all the weird episodes out of the way just right in a row. Because this was a very strange episode. It's one of those episodes that just feels like it's an entirely different like genre of show. This is just like, this is kind of like science fiction. I just don't understand how a lot of these things happen. Either science fiction or just straight up horror. Like some of them are like, they toe the line between reality and like, this is not plausible. This was fully implausible. Yeah. Make it make sense. We cannot. Like I have so many questions that you now need to answer writers. I thought you meant you as in me, and I was going to be like, well, the heck if I know. (laughs) Ready to talk about some outfits? There is a lot of outfit repeating slash co-opting in this episode. Sure, let's do it. So first day, are we assuming this is the first day of school or like it's been a couple days? I don't know. What do we think? Is this actually like the first day of school? You know, that's a great question. I'm thinking we're maybe like a week in, right? Because... The reality of being an eighth grader is starting to hit them in terms of the workload in a way that you wouldn't necessarily get on the first day. And she had already met Andy prior to this episode. So something was developing off screen. Okay. Um, Anyways, so we don't think then that these are first day of school outfits. They're just, you know, kind of your run of the mill outfits. I would agree. We got Lizzie in kind of like a a peach lacy shirt, and we get Miranda, once again, rocking a Union Jack. Always. I wish I was keeping track of this because has there been an episode where she isn't sporting either the Union Jack or an American flag? I don't think so. There are probably very few, if there are any. Uh, We learned that the pep rally is Friday. Did that already happen? (laughs) I feel like we've definitely talked about the pep rally recently. Yes. Or maybe that was just us, like, anticipating a pep rally. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, no, these are some crazy, like, if it, is it a sleeve if it goes all the way down the side of the shirt? Like, how do you describe what Lissy is doing here? <laughs> it kind of looks like she has gills. Like, <laughs> what is this shirt? It's so funny because I definitely had a shirt that looked like this, too. It's, like, the flowy sleeves, but it goes all the way down the side. I just, and I also, like... Uh, Okay, so I don't understand why she's wearing, like, a full collar, like, with a buckle. Like, what is that? Yeah, it's a choker. It does have collar energy, though. <laughs> it's a collar. It's not a, that's a collar. That's a straight-up collar. I'm not really impressed with this outfit. That's I think, something that you tie a leash to. Like, I, think, I think it's pretty dull in general. Like, I don't like the washed-out gray. Is it a skirt? It looks like a skirt. It's just all right. I think her hair looks great. Then we get some seventh grade Lizzie looks that we have never seen before. All right, yeah. So I've pulled up look number one for you here. (laughs) Do we call this Lizzie McGuire meets Eminem? What is this? (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it. I think it could be rocked. I think it's more the, the posture and the facial expression that is making this outfit seem worse than it is. It's coordinated. It wouldn't be as bad if she just took the hat off. I agree. The, the hat's hat, not necessary. The hat doesn't add anything. It's like a neon green beanie. The rest of it's fine. Although, what is she? Is that a notebook she's holding? Oh, it looks like yeah. It. So At first here's I was like, what is I'm that thinking. a shoe? <laughs> so the look is a long, like plum skirt with a green and purple and orange, like striped long sleeve shirt with a short sleeve denim shirt. 
over that. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you take off the hat, you take off the denim, you're good. It's 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 cute. It's coordinated. It's classy. Too many layers, Lizzie McGuire. All right. So that's look number one. Let's move on to look uh, seventh grade look number two. Okay. This is worse. Yeah, this is bad. This is a true clash of the top and bottom. Yes. We have some like brown burgundy, like paisley print pants with a plaid olive green <laughs> sweater with a lavender turtleneck under it with a pink sparkly flower in her hair and the ponytail like completely side of completely head completely <laughs> to the side it's not like a it's not like an off to the side ponytail it's like literally a side ponytail yeah this is a bad look don't replicate this children nothing remotely close to what we were seeing Lizzie McGuire wearing in season 1 yeah i think this is a gammy mcguire outfit yeah big grandma energy <laughs> all right outfit number 3 Again, I just think uh, it's a too many layer situation and the hats aren't doing much for her. She looks kind of like if, uh, you know, the rubber duck in your bathroom came to life. <laughs> she looks like it looks like a 90s look. It looks like something. That's not a 90s look. Get out of here. Yes, it looks no. like something that Tia and Tamara would wear on Sister Sister. I don't know about that. Maybe it's the hat. Yeah, though, she's wearing like a pink, a pink jacket underneath a purple jacket. Yeah, with like sunflower patch prints on a white t-shirt. It's too chaotic. I think the first look was the had the most potential. At the beginning of the episode, uh, Andy is distinctly brunette. Does she almost look like she's wearing a wig? Um, a little bit actually. Yeah, the you hair think she looks is? very um poorly placed. We'll say. Can we talk about how she walks past an Asian kid who's like clearly sixteen? <laughs> like that's an, like a man <laughs> yeah that is not a child <laughs> yeah and she's just in a very nondescript like cream sweatshirt jeans no personality very simple she does not have a personality she just takes other people's all right moving on we see matt's um wilderness cadet outfit i don't think they really <laughs> put a lot of effort into it honestly like when I think of, uh, you know, Boy Scouts, there's a little bit more going on. It seems like they just gave him a, a fishing vest and maybe soda patch on it. This is a town that bought a bust of Walter Patterson. Come on now. You can do better than this town, uh, unnamed town. I would agree with that. Girl Scouts slash Boy Scouts always had a distinct vest look and feel. And this just felt very, like you said, I'm going fishing with my dad. Next day, we see Andy again, and still brunette, but the hair has been done a little bit differently. Yes, we have uh, classic Lizzie McGuire hair, classic early 2000s hair, to be quite frank. It is in a crimped style with a nice little bump at the top, a nice little bump it. Do you like Miranda's Argyle? I do. I like everything Miranda does. I like the cherry necklace. I like the star earrings. I don't really love what Lizzie's doing here. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. And I don't like <laughs> Gordo's pants are so big. <laughs> I know. They're so baggy. They're like at least four inches too long for him. Like the pants are going underneath his shoes. Oh my God. You have uh, costume people. Tailor your pants. But why don't why don't you like what Lizzie's doing here? It's just very, um, like are her pants metallic? I don't know. I don't think so. 
I think they just sort of change, the colors just change as you get to the bottom. Oh, well, it's like a red and like gold, like foil type print with a red shirt. I don't know, just not into it. It's interesting to me that Matt is wearing his Wilderness Cadet outfit like when he's not at Wilderness Cadets. Like if you're just trying to earn your badge, do you need to continue to wear the vest? It's motivational. It is his essence. It matters. All right. Uh, The Tiger King shirt. Yes. That's all you need to say. And it's so, okay, this is weird because Miranda, and I'm noticing this just now, Miranda and Gordo have not changed their outfits. Miranda is still wearing her Argyle shirt. Gordo is still wearing the pants that are too big for him. But Andy's hair is blonde (laughs) and she's wearing a tiger shirt. What? And like, why did Andy and Lizzie both change? What happened? (laughs) What is going on? Make it make sense. I'm so confused. Nothing makes sense right now. So this must be the same day. What? Uh, I don't know. Make it make sense. Oh, man. This is so weird. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. Or Miranda and Gordo are outfit repeaters. In uh, Lizzie's dream, are she and Andy wearing Britney Spears shirts? Yes. <laughs> that is what that is. Oops, I did it again. Oh, man. I like Miranda's shirt. New York, New York, New York, New York, New York. New York. <laughs> All right. And then the next outfit that Andy's going to copy is this kind of, uh, it's like a shirt with a comic strip on it um, and some red pants. I like that outfit. I don't really like Miranda's outfit here, actually. It's too much camo for camo me. Camo on camo. But I do like her bag. I think her bag is nice. Tartan. Yes, very tartan. And yeah, let's, let's, let's try to keep track of the, there's got to be at least one Union Jack, American flag, or tartan appearance in every episode for Miranda. And uh, here at the end, we've got, I guess we'll just skip, we can skip over to Kate and the new and improved the new and improved Andy. <laughs> I love how they had to circle her face just so we could be clear. Wait, that's Andy. That's yes. crazy. Yes, her hair is now even more bumped with a pom-pom in it and you have those signature loose Kate curls um, matching. She's very pastel now. She has her her little purse. She is a Kate clone. Soon she'll be saying little Lizzie. Little Lizzie, so economical. Did you give yourself that haircut too? Uh, is that all? I think that's it. Okay. So with that, I think it's time for us to move on to the MVP of the episode. And I know that I went first last time. So Marissa, who is your MVP for this episode? I've been thinking a lot about this, wrapping my mind around this truly chaotic twilight zone of an episode. I think I have to give it to Lizzie McGuire here. Really? Why Why must you give it to Lizzie McGuire? Well, there aren't a whole lot of choices. Miranda and Gordo were entirely different characters. The Matt story, while there was a plot thrust, it just felt like excess. <laughs> I think that Lizzie had good intentions. I think that it's great to want to, you know, help a younger kid who might be flailing a little bit, might be overwhelmed by being in a new school. I totally, totally get that, though. I question her motives because it does feel like she's doing it more to make herself feel good than to actually help. I appreciated the cause. 
And she was the only one who was like, guys, this is getting weird. Like nobody was there for her. Nobody helped her. She really had to get through this trauma all on her own. And she did. Like you said, this could have taken a real horror movie turn, but she removed herself from the situation it just in the nick of time. That is why Lizzie McGuire is the MVP of this episode, because she saved herself from a horror movie. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you here, and I'm going to give my MVP to Young Artist Award winner, <laughs> Amy Castle, a.k.a. Andy, because what an impressive performance as both uh, Lizzie and Kate. <laughs> It takes some seasoned actors and actresses years to master the craft of fully embodying uh, another actor with whom they share the screen. Think perhaps the episode where Darcy Carden has to portray all of the characters on The Good Place. That didn't happen until well into, what was that, season three? Here is Andy stepping in in one episode, just embodying Lizzie McGuire to a T. And then not only that, winning a Young Artist Award. I think that has to, you know, warrant some sort of other award, that being an MVP on the Outfit Repeaters. You know, that performance did have a certain gravitas that (laughs) is rare on this show. I'm even considering adding Andy to our Survivor cast because (laughs) what a crazy personality to have out on the island. Oh my God, she should absolutely be in the cast. And she should be... She's hurt. Yeah, she would have to be on the Hurt Tribe because she's about to hurt somebody. Like, <laughs> Let's get real. Lizzie McGuire is about to get murdered up in here. Wow, this really brings a true chaotic twist. It, it definitely does. But also, you know what? She gets hurt. Lizzie McGuire, you know. Yeah, that was where I was coming at it from. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire just like straight up stomps on her. She does. She's like. I'm your role model. Not anymore. Get out of my life. (laughs) I respect that. I mean, there was one opportunity for Andy to earn an MVP, and she did. Lizzie McGuire is starting to pull ahead, though. I think she's now three and a half points ahead of Matt. Ooh. So, you know, with half a season to go. Yeah, we are in the final quarter. Home stretch. Home stretch. Yeah. Definitely going to be a photo finish here. I am just the anticipation. (laughs) killing me but you know what if both of us uh every episode gave our mvps to gammy mcguire it's not it's not out of the question (laughs) there's hope exactly and i think that's a wrap on season two episode 14 just like lizzie as always you can follow us at outfit repeat pod on twitter or email us any thoughts questions comments at Podcast at gmail.com. As always, this episode will be uploaded to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters. It's also available on any platform where podcasts are available. And coming up on Thursday, we will be recapping Season 1, Episode 3 of The Crown, entitled Windsor on Crowning Around, the podcast that I do with Ivan Vukovic and Carlin Greenwald. And then next Tuesday, we will be back with another recap of Lizzie McGuire. And Ivan Vukovic will be joining us for that as well. Yeah, so be sure to tune in next week when we talk about Season 2, Episode 15, Lizzie in the Middle. Oh, so Frankie Muniz. Yeah, very on the nose title. (laughs) 